my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale, extend your spine, remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so, exhale slowly, leaning to one side. Inhale back to center. If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council. iHeartRadio presents Podversations, a weekly discussion with the biggest names and influencers in podcasting. Want to learn the secret psych-up rituals Scrub stars Zach Braff and Donald Faison use before every fake doctor's real friends taping? How Vice News parachutes into war zones to rescue journalists from life-threatening situations? Or why Keegan-Michael Key and Blumhouse believe 3D audio is the future of storytelling? Whether you're a newbie trying to break into the podcast game or an exec trying to refine your playbook, Podversations is the easiest way to keep your pulse on the industry. Hello and welcome back to the iHeart Podcast Speaker Series. I'm Will Pearson, president of iHeart Podcast. As you know, we like to get together each week and talk to some of our favorite creators 
I'm super excited about this week's conversation. We're talking to an advocate, a renowned speaker, a creator, somebody who sort of does it all and now can add to this, the creator or founder and executive producer of a new slate of podcasts for us. Also excited to talk about her new memoir. Like I said, she's up to many, many different things, but does them all well. Raquel Willis, thanks for spending some time with us. Yes, thank you well for having me on. Raquel, you're always on the go. I'm curious, where have you been most recently? What have you been up to? What have I been up to? Honestly enough, I have not been traveling outside of New York much, but I've been all over New York. It's um, what I call gala season. So there are a lot of nonprofits that I'm connected to that have had events. Last night was the Miss Foundations event. So we had some powerful testimonies of like community advocates for women's rights and gender liberation. The Duchess and Duke of Sussex were there. So that was very interesting to be a table. Not every day you're just hanging out with the Duke and Duchess. (laughs) Not at all. Um, So that was cool. And then a few days ago was the GLAAD Media Awards. And I was excited that powerful project I worked on with some amazing people at Logo TV and a bunch of like trans youth who are very powerful and ferocious. We won an award for the Trans Youth Town Hall. So it's been a great last few days. Oh, that's huge. Congratulations. And it's been really fun to see all the recognition you've been getting for so much of the work you've done. You know, we mentioned at the top here that you've been a longtime advocate in the LGBTQ space. It was part of why we started these conversations because of much of your writing and other work in the community of of LGBTQ youth and just individuals. And we wanted to start this slate of shows called Outspoken, dedicated to creators within the community. And you were the first person that we thought we need to reach out to and start talking about this to really try to build this up. And here we are. A few months ago, we announced Outspoken. We have an incredible roster of shows, and I want to talk a little bit about those. But I'm curious, what made you decide to jump in and and join us as we decided to start Outspoken? Yeah, well, I mean, it's always been important for me to kind of marry together storytelling and social justice. Now, of course, our slate is not all activisty in the way that I may have been in, in my work and most of my career. But I do think that there's something here around elevating the voices of the marginalized that can't be understated. And especially in a time when the LGBTQ plus community is so discussed in news media, of course, discussed whether positively or negatively within politics, unfortunately, mostly negatively. We need um, more of these platforms for LGBTQ plus folks to speak authentically, to speak vulnerably, and to have our full lives shared with the world and not shared through someone else's lens. What was exciting about joining the team at Outspoken, Jay Brunson, Beth Ann McColuso. But yeah, so they have also just been such a warm, welcome wagon into back into the iHeart space. Yeah, we've been really excited to launch this. And in some of the early conversations, we talked about the fact that in building a slate like this, it's super important for us to recognize the diversity even within this slate of podcasts that we can't launch, you know, two, three, four podcasts and sort of call it a day that we really need to think about the breadth here. Can you speak to that a little bit? Just sort of thinking about that as we, you know, develop new programming across the slate. Yeah, well, I think what 
I have often noticed is that we have this kind of tendency to have these cycles of saying we're going to support communities on the margins, support creators on the margins. And then unfortunately, those resources may dry up, you know, after maybe a season. And I've experienced that in various roles. Most of the LGBTQ people that I know, brilliant people have experienced that as well. And so I think what we miss is that it's not about just one time amplifying a voice or a perspective. It's about a long term investment in that person. But also understanding that it's just not simply about the amplification. It's also about resourcing and expanding the wealth of resources available to that person on the margins because oftentimes we're facing more barriers when it comes to building up our platforms or building up our space in the professional sphere. So Mm -hmm. I think that's what it is. It's it's a long-term commitment and that's also what I was excited about in joining Outspeak spoken. Yeah, it's one of those things where we, you know, every single month we want to keep building, keep adding, keep growing. And as we think about the mix, you know, one of the things that we've talked about is you try to find this balance of, of course, you need some big names in the space in order to draw attention to what we're doing and to give promotion to some of the other shows. But then a big part of the mission is trying to elevate new voices, trying to make sure that we're breaking new creators into the space and giving opportunities to those that have great ideas. They're super talented. They may not have 5 million social media followers or something like that. But could you talk just a little bit about some of the balance of the shows that we have, maybe even, you know, pointing out some of the shows that we have in the slate. Yeah. So one thing I mean that I'm so excited that you brought up is that it is that balance of having these bigger names who can, you know, draw more attention onto the work that we're doing, but also using that positioning to elevate lesser known folks, right? Mm -hmm. We're still doing very brilliant and powerful work. We're lucky on our slate that we had a lot of creators who were already doing powerful things. So we have, you know, our partner partnerships with groups like Big Money Players. Right. Will Fellers Network. Yeah. Yes. And School of Humans and so many others. Mm -hmm. So we had shows like Las Culturistas who, you know, if you're in podcasting at all, there's no way to ignore the powerful platform that they have built. We also have had some important debuts this year, like Rosie O'Donnell is back, right? With Onward. She's such a titan of LGBTQ representation for me as a kid in the 90s. So I love that we're able to pay it forward. Also, Frosted Tips with Lance Bass, who doesn't love a little boy band connection. So that's great. And then more recently, we've had the best podcast ever with Raven Simone and Miranda. So we have some of these big names. And I think it's also important to think about those particular figures, right? Because they have had these long careers where there was a point where maybe they weren't able to openly share their full truths, right? And so I think it's so beautiful that we have this platform now that not only is bringing in new creators, but also 
also offering opportunity for folks who have not had that support in their fullness throughout their careers. And those three in particular showcase that. And then, of course, we have folks like Laverne Cox and Roseanne Gay who are in the mix as well. So we have those powerful creators. But I'm also excited, of course, about a forthcoming podcast by an amazing young creator named Jordan Gonzalez, who I actually randomly met on the street walking to the Brooklyn Museum like two weeks ago. You're kidding. Wow. Yeah. They were just like on the street. They were like, Raquel. I was like, hi. (laughs) Um, They actually just graduated from higher ed. So that's exciting, you know, and their podcast is going to be coming out soonish and focused on LGBTQ plus love stories throughout history. So that's amazing. And then we also have other talent like Woke AF led Mm -hmm. by the incomparable Danielle Moody. Great Um, podcast. Yeah, just so unapologetic in how she talks about the current state of politics. She Mm -hmm. actually was the host of the Miss Foundation Gala last night. So I saw her in the mix too. So it's a it's a community affair, you know. Yeah. We're in spaces with folks all the time and I'm excited that we get to bring some of that warmth into this space. Fantastic. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public, the list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people. In an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. 
Go to iHeartResults.com for more. So you're not only an executive producer on the slate, but you're also a creator of a couple of shows. Can you talk a little bit about the shows that you've been working on? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I have to say that I am so blessed to have such strong, invested teams. And so we've kind of been in the mix. It, it's also been a, a busy time on that front as well, kind of gearing up with the recording of both of those podcasts. So the first is Adapting the Trans Obituaries Project, which I created as an editorial project when I was executive editor at Out Magazine. Center of that story is talking about the epidemic of violence that often plagues Black and Brown trans women. The story of Laylene Polanco, 27-year-old who died in Rikers custody and kind of the movement that she sparked through her experience there. So just working with a powerful team, um, I'm working with Dylan Hewer and Joey Pat, who are in the iHeart fam, and they are doing such phenomenal research and doing a great job with the casting and everything. So got a great team there. And then my other team is with Queer Diaries, which is a show elevating the experiences of young queer youth in states that have a lot of this anti-LGBTQ legislation moving there. And so working with Julia Furlan and Jordan Bailey. And so we're we're having a great time, even though we are kind of holding the complexity of tragedy and transformation and joy with all yeah. of these stories. So yeah. we're, we're going to be releasing some big ones this year. And I'm so excited that iHeart has taken me back into the fold to try and make all of this happen. Yeah, we're thrilled to have you here. And those are two super important projects and projects that we're honored to be a part of and much more to come. I did mention earlier that you've been working on a memoir and this must have been just a huge undertaking. I can't imagine what it's like to go through this process and it will release in the fall of this year. But can you tell us a little bit about that experience and what led you to decide? I mean, you've led a, a super interesting life, even though you're still quite young, you've led a very interesting life to this point and those experiences are certainly worthy of sharing. But I'm, I'm curious, you know, sort of what led you to the decision to write this and what's it been like? Yeah, I, well, I'll be 32 next week, just to put it in reference. <laughs> for folk. And, you know, the memoir writing process, I, I just don't think that there's really any way to prepare for it. You know, you kind of go through all of these different cycles, which I think people realize, you know, you have your visions and everything. You're trying to get the, just get as much as you can on the page. And for me as a writer, it's kind of like getting all the clay down and then kind of chiseling away at, okay, well, what is the story that we're excavating here? And the risk it takes to bloom on life and liberation is about my experience growing up as a young Black kid in the American South in Augusta, Georgia, trying to understand, well, why do I feel so out of place? Why do I feel, you know, different from other kids? You know, lo and behold, it was because I was transgender and that was something that I didn't really have language for until I was in college at the University of Georgia. But along the way, I 
I at least acknowledged my queerness as much as I could in my youth and my parents, very traditional Black Catholic parents. I was very blessed to come from a two-parent, you know, middle-class household and also had all of these expectations that I was just not cut out to fit into. And so I had to really work with them to figure out, well, what is my path going to be? And yeah, I dealt with some experiences like my father passing away, which was kind of a catalyst for me to dig deeper into my identity and own it. And that's kind of the first half. And then the second half is really my experience as a fully realized Black trans woman trying to figure out what my media career could be in the middle of the rise of the movement for Black lives, the rise of transgender visibility, the rise of public discussions about feminism in a new way. So that's it in a nutshell. I can't believe I even got it that short this time. I I honestly, I cannot wait to read it. And I can imagine how powerful and helpful it will be for so many others to read the memoir. And, you know, as we think sort of back to the podcast late, the role that shows and conversations can play for, you know, we think about Gen Z or we think about younger people that are going through their own self-discovery and just exploration and thought and as stressful as youth can be as it is to also know that you're dealing with things that, you know, sometimes society doesn't make any easier for all of us, right? And I'm curious to get your thoughts on the role that you think some of these podcasts can play, you know, in society and force specifically a younger generation in a way that, you know, maybe you or or anyone older didn't have access to when you were growing up. I'm just curious to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, well, you know, I think one of the kind of talking points we hear a lot right now is the rise in LGBTQ identification by Gen Z. So they are by and far the most queer, the most trans, the most non-binary generation to exist. And there are stats that hover between one in five to one in four Gen Z adults identify within the community. And I think we're going to continue to see more and more folks embrace their identities. And and that's a big part of it. So I, I think to your point, you know, we are in a particular time where Gen Z is kind of able to reap some of the benefits of visibility in terms of like over and I'll say this as someone born in the 90s, you know, who experienced that. For Gen Z, there's a lot more opportunity to share your truth. But with that comes being more of a target in a way. You know, I I often get the question, do I think it's easier to be openly trans now than say 10 years ago when I first shared my truth in college? And I think that's hard to say because at least then, you know, I didn't have so many eyes on me. I didn't have such political baggage, you know, all these kind of stereotypes, tropes and assumptions about who I am. And I think that that is what our podcasts have an opportunity to kind of cut off is that those ideas of stereotypes, right? We actually have an opportunity here to expand the palette of stories. And so when someone 
someone meets a trans person or meets a queer person, we don't want them to think that they know the story because they don't. Yeah. Our podcasts are just giving folks more colors to play with on that palette to understand other folks that they don't know. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And and I love the start that we're off to. It's an amazing roster of podcasts. But I think the thing that's that much more exciting is that there's so much more to come. You know, we're going to be launching dozens more podcasts over the next year or so with more to come after that, of course. But we genuinely appreciate your leadership, your involvement, everything that you're doing here within iHeart and to help launch and grow Outspoken and wish you the best as you try to wrap up this work on this memoir. I know it's not easy, but but Raquel, thanks for spending some time with us today. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you again next week. Conversations is a production of iHeartRadio. You can find more from the biggest names in podcasting on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My simple solution to the problem was remove people from the scene and help them feel safer. In response to attacks against Asian Americans, Maddie Park raised over $250,000 to donate cab rides to the Asian community. There is so much more work to be done. We really need to come together and tackle this issue as a community. Support the Asian community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.